Welcome to Getting Common with Professor Carlos Chapman. Getting Common covers a variety of topics and features guests from business, law, politics, government, education, and some of the most insightful entrepreneurs. It's a refreshing, common-sense approach to some of the most important discussion points today. Now, here is your host, Carlos Chapman. Hello, everyone. I'm Carlos Chapman, and I am your host of Getting Common. In my day job, I'm an associate professor of law at Washington and Lee. Today, I am very excited to launch our entrepreneurship series, and I'll be highlighting Ben Williams of Highway Vodka. Highway Vodka is a Houston-based distillery that uses a mash comprised of a unique strain of hemp, locally sourced corn, and water from their artisan aquifer. Now, let's get into the discussion. Now, Ben, I gave a brief introduction of you and your company, but I'd love to hear how you introduce yourself and explain what Highway Vodka is about. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Um, Yeah, that's an interesting question. How would I introduce myself? I don't know. But as far as Highway Vodka goes, um, basically, it was just something that started off as a hobby of mine, Um, you know, about nine years ago now. I, you know, own some bars and restaurants here in Houston, and um, it just became a hobby. I just got interested in distilling, and I uh, just started reading books and watching every kind of YouTube video I could find, you know, and bought a little still. And <clears throat> my business partner, a uh, long lifetime friend of mine, he had a, a horse barn. So uh, we went and set the still up over there, and we would just sit around and you know, do runs in our free time and stuff like that. So, you know, it was just hanging out and like with a hobby, you know, then um, started to make about a couple of years into it, started kind of learning, you know, really knowing what we were doing a little bit, letting people taste things. You know, I go to the bar, restaurants and stuff and let my regulars taste stuff that we were making. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff was horrible. Well, a lot of it was (laughs) actually, (laughs) um, but, but, you know, some of it was cool. But um, around that same time, a friend of mine opened a dispensary in California. So I rolled out there to check it out, you know, see what he was doing. He introduced me to some friends that were doing some distilling with marijuana. And um, I knew enough about the process at that time to see some cool things about, you know, what was happening during the process. So when I got back home to Houston, I, uh, you know, obviously I couldn't play with that type of plant, but I started messing with hemp because that was the only thing I could get. In, in Texas, you know, in Houston. So I just started getting, just experimenting, like all types of forms of the plant, you know, everything from flower to herd to shelled seed to everything. And w- with most times, like everything else, it's always stuff that's right in front of you that works. And I was at Whole Foods or one of these stores and got some, you know, whole hemp seed that you would like put in your oatmeal or whatever, right? <clears throat> or your smoothies. And it worked. It was like the best thing that we had ever made, right? Like to that point, um, just hold hemp seed, corn and water. And that was it. And then so from there, once, you know, I passed that around a little bit and people liked it. So then it was like, okay, this is, let's just play with this. because This is our thing, you know, or whatever. And it just kept going from there and there, you know, years, years, years go by. Um, <clears throat> finally kind of started getting really confidence in the, in the product and say, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to try this, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's try. And the coolest thing I will say about th- that moment was not knowing how hard it was going to be because had I known 
all the gosh, you know, just just the 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 the, the, the trials and tribulations that that you know trying to enter this industry would would have caused. I might have just been like, you know, nah. But because it was just you know fun and you know what do I know, um, you know, just kind of kept going along, you know. And there were some very large barriers of entry in the beginning, like. Uh, you know, to even apply for the permit to do it, you have to already have your property um, in place. Like you have to either have it leased and approved by the, the government that, that this this site will work before you even apply for your permit. So it took us two and a half years, like almost three years to get our permit because of wow. the hemp and all that. And they didn't really know what to do with it and all this kind of stuff. So Imagine if you had to sit there and pay a lease on somewhere, not even knowing if you're going to get a permit to actually operate, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, that was really amazing. But anyway, like I said, since we had that property uh, and the, the barn got approved, which ultimately became the site of our distillery, we retrofitted and just built out a distillery inside of there. <clears throat> it made it a little bit easier and like, you know, it was still just hobbying along the way, waiting for the permits. And then, you know, Lo and behold, about three years later, we got it and off to the races, you know? Wow. Now, this is not your first rodeo, as they say, and it's rodeo season in Houston, so I feel like I can throw that out. But <laughs> yeah, um, I remember the last time we met, you basically said you've never worked for anyone. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about, like, you know, your, your, your history of entrepreneurship and all the other businesses you own? And feel free to drop names, right? We're here to promote you and your effort. <laughs> well, when I first got out of school, I um I always like like doing parties and stuff like that and concerts. So, you know, I was doing that. Um, you know, I started the janitorial services company. Um right out of school, I was doing the um uh, I was volunteering at this program with the Urban League here in Houston for uh like some kind of I can't remember the title of it, it was so long ago, but <clears throat> some kind of youth program or whatever. And they mentioned how uh, they were getting a new building and they, you know, they were going to be taking bids out for this, this, and this. And the lady kind of told me about, well, she was actually the head of the urban league Houston at the time. She told me that, Hey, if you get your stuff together, you could bid on one of these contracts or whatever, just messing with me and stuff. And I was like, janitorial, sir, that didn't sound hard, you know? So I don't know. I just put this bid together and, um, and I looked into it. I did some research or whatever, and boom, I got the bid. I underbid it so bad. That's how I got their attention. And they were just like, hey, you know, your bid was like lower than everybody submitted by probably like 300%. <laughs> and um, and they were like, but, you know, you need to tweak it. Make sure you're right. You know, and then, hey, you know, we'll give you a shot. And so, boom, started from there and, you know, went from there. And then um, so started doing that, like cleaning toilets, literally. Um, right from there into my kind of first restaurant experience, um, partnered up, well, got into the, with these guys with this restaurant fusion cafe. That was a big thing down here in Houston. Um, but learned a valuable lesson, you know, too many chiefs, um, you know, when you got a whole bunch of people investing into something like everybody wants to be a boss, everybody wants to come in there and drink for free and do whatever. And, you know, but very few people are about the work of the business, you know? And, uh, so that failed. And then, <laughs> and then, um, so after that, I went with my, uh, my mother, uh, founded, uh, 
a school like 30 years ago, private school it's called the Amani school. And, um, one day she called me to help her with some things. Cause I really like systems. I really like putting systems in place, you know, and, and setting things up like that. Um, so that things can kind of, kind of run itself, you know what I mean? And, um, so she wanted me to come over and help her, you know, put some systems in place at the school. Uh, and so I did that and ended up kind of falling in love with the school. And I still had my janitorial service company and I'm still doing, you know, concerts and blah, blah, blah. But I really started, I love the school, love the kids. And, um, you know, so I stayed there for like a long time. And then, um, all the way up until about 2010, when I decided to, um, my brother came back from Europe. Um, he was, uh, he's a chef and he used to work with us at the first restaurant. So like he came back, he, um, and if I'm dragging, tell me, cause I, I'm just kind of like okay. going off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, so like, yeah, so he came back from Europe. He, he left the restaurant, um, that we, you know, that, that failed. He went straight to Europe, like on some backpack kind of stuff and just went all around, you know, cause he's a chef. So he could work anywhere in the world did that he came back <clears throat> and he found the property for what's now lucille's uh the restaurant that's a tribute to our great grandmother who's you know real famous caterer and chef back in the day you know um she did a ton of first i mean i, I that, that'd be a whole nother conversation just talking about her and her history and stuff like that but um yeah so we started lucille's and um you know it kind of just took off and and that was at the same time actually around the time that i started distilling as a hobby and from there you know open up a couple other places or whatever and then uh now fast forward to covid the the distillery is open but we also started around covid time lucille's 1913 which is a uh a nonprofit that 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 deals with food insecurity and to date, we've probably done, gosh, I should know these numbers, but I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's approaching like 600,000 meals that we've donated out to, you know, food insecure neighborhoods and people and primarily focusing on like elderly people that during COVID were like, just really like on an island, a desert island kind of, um, you know, scared to go to the stores, blah, blah, blah don't want kids coming in. So really just kind of out there. So we just made sure that those people had like, you know, at least one solid meal a day. Um, we were doing things like when the freeze hit <clears throat> down here and knocked off water for everybody. Well, the distillery sits on a well. And so we have, you know, all this filtration equipment and stuff like that. So the distillery, we started packaging up water in our one liter bottles and donating that. And we did like, I don't know, like 15,000 liters of water, you know, so that's the cool thing about everything that, you know, um, that, that everything, you know, that we've done has worked out, you know, so far pretty cool. And um, so we're able to do things like that and getting really engaged in the community on some real cool stuff and, and helping out where we can with, with the resources that are available to us. So we just purchased a 100,000 square foot building. Um, and it's called the community collective, and that's going to be a multi-use place where we're going to have, you know, a business incubator in there. We also, um, the, the Imani school is on one side, and then we also have like a theater component in the middle, you know, for programming in that space and, 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 um, events and all that stuff. So that's really exciting too. And that just completed in, um, December 
And man, I tell you, and it, some, you, you know, you just got to be careful what you ask for sometimes. <laughs> you can get it and you're just like, whoa, um, it's a lot of work, you know? And then, um, and then back to highway the, while we're here, why we are here. Um, the cool thing about highway is that now we, we're in a in process of partnering with a very nice, great company to help highway take go, you know, nationally and really globally with the distribution and stuff. So it's just a lot of great things going on right now. I'm very happy and thankful for it all. But like I say, like, you know, one thing I've noticed about everything is that like, okay, so you, you work very hard to get to this point, right? And then take, take highway. You work very hard to get to this point, <clears throat> you know, and then all of a sudden, oh man, this is the opportunity you've been waiting for. We're about to go national. That's dope. And then it sinks in on you like, oh my God, you think you've worked to this point. You, you know, it, it, now the work goes into a different level. And, and, and so it, sometimes you just sit there and that's why like, things become sayings like small victories. You better take a moment to celebrate the small victories because the work doesn't stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, in fact, it just gets bigger. You know, the more you accomplish, the bigger the work, like with that building worked on that for like four years, trying to work on that deal. <clears throat> Finally got it. I'll never forget. I got the phone call like 10 o'clock at night. Hey, the finances going through is cool. I was like, yeah, you know, done. No, you're not done because now you got to keep it. <laughs> so you got to get immediately on all the renovations, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, it's just like, ah, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought I could chill. Now I did it. No, you haven't done anything except give yourself more stuff to do. You know, so I mean, like, but yeah, so that's kind of like a rundown of all the different stuff that, um, that I'm kind of involved in, you know. So, you know, what I find interesting about that is one, you know, you just keep going and going and going and adding more businesses to the profile, um, you know, but I love what you said about the work doesn't stop because I think that some people think I'll start a business and that's going to be easier than punching a clock and having a nine to five, right? It's oh. going to be easier. So, you know, I would love to hear about, you know, what motivates you to keep going? You know, what motivates you to not just say, you know what, I'm just going to like, throw on a job application and stop doing all this extra work. You know, what's interesting about that? <laughs> there are days when I'm and, and no disrespect to anybody in these fields or whatever, but sometimes I just be like, man, I, I just, I, I kind of, I just want to be like, I just want to, I don't know, like be a postman or something, something that's very like, you know, nine to five when I'm off, I'm off. Um, Cause there is no off. There's no off. You know what I'm saying? Like my phone never turns off. Why? Because I don't know. Over the years I've been trained, your phone can ring at three o'clock building got broken into or the restaurant got broken or this or that. Or this is on fire or something like that. Or somebody out there that works for you is calling in at three in the morning saying they're not going to make it. And they're supposed to be there at six. You know, and, oh, this, it, it, it's a ton of stuff. And, and that that sometimes gets very draining, like because you're never really separated from your work. And then I work a lot with my family. So like my brother, Oh, by the way, my brother just got nominated for a James Beard award. I had to mention that. Oh, wow. 
Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, and you should probably yeah. say what your brother's name is. Chris Williams. Yeah. He, he's now he, you can Google that dude and he'll, he just pops up all over the place. Um, but um, yeah. So um, yeah, but you're never off and like, um, and Oh, with family. And so like, like for instance, we just came back from a family vacation last week. You know, my parents, my, both of my brothers, uh, my older brother, um, Chris is my younger brother. My older brother, Brian Williams, he operates um, Step Africa, which is like um, actually like the, the the second largest black uh, dance company in the in the country, right behind Alvin Ailey. Um, and he's been doing it for like 25 years. So he's, you know, it's a very successful uh, dance company. And so like so what happens is that we're sitting around, you know, supposedly on vacation, but the conversation is just a lot of work stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes I'm always when I'm like, hey, like, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, no. Like, like, you know, we're over at my parents' house watching football or something on a Sunday. And then, you know, somebody kind of start my 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 mom will say something or whatever. I'd be like, hey, we're we're watching football. That that's that's what we're here to do today. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. But it's cool on the flip side of it, it's doing stuff that you love, you know, and, you know, the benefit, the benefits are amazing. Because like I said, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm at home right now. You know what I'm saying? When I could have to been somewhere at eight o'clock or whatever. So having that flexibility to move at your own speed, you know, it, it's, it's that that's the beautiful part. And and to basically, though, just to do what you enjoy doing and and you get to create, you know, you're creative. So, like, you know, things that you have just rummaging around in your head, little stupid ideas, you actually can make them tangible and 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 and, and play with them and grow them and 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 just do that. I mean, that is priceless, you know. Absolutely. Now, I'd love to talk a little bit more about actual Highway Vodka and what makes it special. Now, you know, you mentioned putting hemp in the mash and that you went out to Cali and you, you know, tested some of the the vodkas that have marijuana in the mash. You know, why hemp? And, uh, you know, what's the difference between putting hemp in and putting marijuana in? Oh, well, first of all, you know, so marijuana has THC, hemp does not. So period, point blank. But like, yeah, so like, I learned over many years uh, about, you know, the benefits of the hemp, right? At first, it was purely because, and I had no idea why at the time, but just from that first run that we did with hemp seed, corn, and water, um, the, the taste was like, oh, that was the best stuff we had made. I don't know. We just we just hit something there that was better than anything that we had done. And so we were like, ooh, let's just focus in on this. So subsequently, after that, I started finding out, like, different things that were happening in the process, right? So you start from the very beginning, you have a mash bill of hemp, corn, and water, boom. Basically, you just boil it up in a big pot, you know, then you throw it into a fermenter to sit for about a week and a half where the, the to convert the uh, sugars into alcohol, right? Pitch your yeast on top. What I found is that hemp is a super nutrient for yeast. So my yields of alcohol get larger, Right. So that was interesting, right? Because I was like, man, we're getting more alcohol than we ever normally get. And so I have to re, you know, then this is over years and stuff, you know what I mean? And then, so that was one thing. Number two, oils form during the uh, fermentation process from the hemp seed that um, initially 
look kind of nasty because it kind of like when you open up your fermenter, it kind of looks like olive oil layered on top of oatmeal. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And with, with, with water in between, you know, with this brown liquid in between or whatever. So what you do is there's a process called racking. And so like you would you'd like siphon the liquid from in between the grain and the oil because we didn't want to. It was just like, uh, you know what I mean? But then and so we were still getting a great product. But then one day being lazy just was like, I don't feel like racking the liquid out from in the middle. And he didn't either. So he's like, ah, let's just dump it all in there and see what happens. So we dumped in the oil, the liquid and the grain. Right. Boom. Best stuff we had ever made to that point. Right. So stay doing that. And then you come to find out that those oils float on top of the still and kind of act as like a first layer of filtration for the vapors as they rise from, you know, the kettle and they start going through the distillation process, you know, their fractionary column, you know, hitting the plates and one, two, three, four, five, six. And um, so, so that, that, so in that oil, and then also by distilling it only six times, it changed the viscosity of the liquid. So it, it got like a little bit more body to it, right? Then our collection methods. So again, this was just a hobby. So there, in distilling, there's four parts that come out of the still. They're the four shots, the heads, the hearts, and the tails. You're not supposed to drink the four shots or the uh, heads. That's that whole moonshine blindness thing. Um, and they all boil off at different temperature ranges, right? So, um, but we only were collecting the hearts, which are the purest part of the uh of the run right you could blend in the tails but often that's where the headache lies is in the tails you know but if you're like if you're about your business and you're trying to get every ounce of drinkable alcohol people will blend those tails into it because they don't want to waste them or rerun them or or all that stuff because you know you're trying to maximize your yield but we were just doing it for us so we had no just we didn't need the tails right and so it never really got into figuring out what's the right ratio to blend in the tails to still make, you know, whatever. Right. So that's why you also see on the bottle of highway, it says um, all hearts, no tails, you know, because um, that's what we use. And so um, <clears throat> anyway, so you do that, you, you, you realize, you know, six times distilled, only keeping the hearts comes out the other end, then you have to filter it. Right. And so we built our own filters because when we were doing it as a hobby, um, I was just using a Brita. But when we got when we started scaling up to actually do it as a business, filtration equipment is like very expensive, stuff like that. And then you can't really have the kind of control of the media that you want, your filtration media that you would want to have, right? If by, by buying this other stuff. So I, I went around and I went to a water plant. <clears throat> And I found this cool guy. He sat there and helped me figure out, like, you know, like what's in a Brita and these different materials and stuff. And he sold them all. And he sold them to me. Went back to the distillery. We kind of cobbled together this little system <clears throat> with pipes and tri clamps and all this stuff. And, um, you know, kind of came up with our own filtration media uh, load, I guess you would call it, so that we actually... And we could control our own flow rates and stuff like that of the liquid passing through the filtration process to really dial it in so that we could take out what we want and leave what we want in the, in the final product, right? So that's just a big thing because the biggest thing about highway is, um, and it goes back to the hemp, is that viscosity difference and those oils that are left in that product add whole flavor on your palate, right? So that's why you're able to get some of the nuance and the sweetness from the corn and stuff like that. Number one, number two, it also 
takes off the burn, makes it very smooth going down. Because that was one thing when I would always be doing blind taste tests. Um, and I did, I, w- I would do them all the time and it kept winning, right? And then everybody wanted to taste it neat. Nobody drinks vodka neat, typically. And then they, but that's how they want to do it. And that was the best test because it helped me gauge it, you know, the recipe and dial it in to where when I had like a bar full of women and they want to taste it. And I'm just like, I let them, you know, taste the product neat. Um, this is way before we were, you know, had a perm, you know, were out and they, they would taste a, a, a room temperature shot of vodka and their face wouldn't curl. They, instead they'd be like, Hmm, like that. I was like, yo, <laughs> that's dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what it was just about trying to keep that. And that's what the hemp does. <clears throat> and it also gave me a differentiating factor in a very, very crowded space. You know, man, I went to Total Wine the other day for a meeting. And I don't know why. It just hit me for the first time. Like the, the fact that we're even alive, you know, like three and growing three years from now in this space is something because I walked in that store and it just hit me like what other industry, you know, well, there's plenty, but like, it's interesting about this industry where you walk into where your product is and you have every single competitor in your industry in there, in that store, thousands of products, thousands of dreams, you know, thousands of people's blood, sweat and tears and hopes and, kids tuition money and everything, you know, is all on these shelves. Right. And I just like, I'm like, I'm just trying to equate that to other businesses that I was involved. That'd be like if every restaurant in, 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 in Houston was all in like one, you know, section, that's it. The big ones, the small ones, everything is over here. You know what I'm saying? And so it is very daunting sometimes, but we're, 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 we're doing it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, I don't know what led me off to that tangent, but, oh, differentiating factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to be in that space. Cause I tell you, like, if it weren't for the hemp and I was just doing like your standard, I don't know, wheat vodka or potato or whatever the deal is. Right. I probably wouldn't have thought there was enough there to go for it. You know what I'm saying? But then as we were doing, it, I was like, Hey, Nobody really does it like this. You know what I mean? And so like, I was like, this is, this is unique. Let's take a shot. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it played, it, it worked. So like, you know, just having something different, finding, finding a niche in, in any, you know, large crowded space is, is, is daunting enough. But if you're fortunate enough to find a niche, yo, go for it. And you're not going to have, you're not going to own the whole joint. You know what I mean? But I'll take my niche and keep it busting because like, I mean, the space is so large. It's, it's plenty of room to, to, you know, to, to make something of yourself, you know? Now, I will say I have had highway vodka, um, probably too much highway vodka <laughs> um, because it does taste good. Um, and I'm not someone who drinks vodka anymore um, mm-hmm. because it, because I agree, like, you know, who drinks vodka neat, it does right. burn. Um, right. and you, you can drink, I think I just have vodka sodas when I drink uh highway. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to mix a exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, where can we get highway vodka? I know it's on reserve bar. 
Um, yeah. are, the, are the, And I know they're pouring it at Lucille's uh, in Houston. Um, are mm-hmm. there other bars in Houston that are pouring oh. highway? Oh, yeah. No, it's in like in Houston alone. It's I don't know. It's like 700 different places. It's all over Texas. Um, you know, Total Wine, Specs, you know, the bigger stores. It's in Georgia right now. Southern California, Southern Florida. Um, so, yeah, no, it's not it's, it's, it's not just, um, you know, at the crib. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, it, it's, 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 it's um, thankfully it's all over Texas. And um, and this year with our new partnership, um, it's going to be in your brick and mortar, you know, your stores all over the country. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Now, Great. now, how long did it take to, to go from getting your permit to getting that wider distribution, even just, you know, in total wine and specs in Texas to then branching out to other States? What was that process like? And, and how long did it take? Man. So the, you know, the biggest thing, it's very hard to get distribution. Right. And again, I think the only reason we got distribution is because we have, we have a different product, right. And, um, and uniquely packaged, you know? Um, so it, you know, it, 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 you know, all those factors come together to make the the people just kind of like, Oh, so the funny thing is, is I got turned down. Um, so after I got the permit, now mind you at the time, you know, I, I was curating um, relationships with various distributors while I'm waiting on this permit and people are like, ah, yeah, you know, whenever you get it, let's go, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And, you know, cause I'm a customer on the other side, you know, and, and on the um, retail side, basically. So, you know, I guess they're just telling me whatever I wanted to hear, but finally get my permit have set a meeting with some of these people that had promised me X, Y, or Z. And uh, they go to tell me, yeah, no, nah, it's not going to happen. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're not, um, we're not, interested or this company doesn't want anything to do that's remotely related to the cannabis space and stuff like that. And so I was just like, dang. And then one guy, he just really tried to crap on my dreams and say, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, just get a broker. And, and kind of like, as you said, uh, it, as you said earlier, you know, you could have it here and you could have it at Lucille's and you could, you know, maybe one or two stores and play with your little, and I was like, ah, okay, thanks. And so I went from that conversation called a friend of mine just to rant. And he, uh, he, he told me to call his buddy who worked at Silver Eagle just to see if he could point me in a different direction. Turns out Silver Eagle is like one of the largest beer distributors in the country. Um, they, they said they're converting to start carrying spirits. They said, hey, we'll take a look at it, right? Because they, they were wanting to get into spirits. So I met with them, uh, hit hit them with the blind taste test that I was telling you about, you know, against two other um, vodkas, um, won that unanimously. Um, they picked us up. Boom. We're off and rolling with like, we're, so we're their baby. Um, so, you know, and that's a big machine. So it was really fortunate how, how it worked out, you know, and it also just is like that thing, like, where, what do they say? Like opportunity needs preparedness or whatever. So boom, we started rolling there. So now we're in Houston. And the cool thing was with Silver Eagle is like an industry leader, right? So as other beer houses in the state wanted to get into spirits, you know, they're like, okay, who do you have? We'll, we'll start with your, you know, who you guys working with. So I just got picked up around the state just like that. Um, but then you talk about, so that's, that's distribution, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean placement, right? 
So especially when you're talking about large chains like Total Wine and Specs, that came from, man, like pitching yourself, you know, pitching the product. They can get you the meetings, but then you have to go in there and tell it after that. So, yeah, so you go in there and then you, you, you know, you do your presentation or whatever, and then hopefully they give you a chance. Fortunately, they gave us a chance. And then, it, it, see, see, this is what I'm saying. It never stops. So, like, you're like, yay, we're in total wine. Yeah, but how, how do you stay in total wine? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so then immediately you have to get to work on running demos, doing this. Man, and I used to go everywhere personally doing demos, you know, the same thing, tech samplings and all these stories. I'd be standing there for hours, you know, like, yeah, okay. You know, whenever I had free time, basically, I would just pack a bag and, and see if I could just walk into one of the stores and do a demo and stuff like that. I would show up anywhere with Highway Vodka. I, you know, yo, like I'd sponsor a baby shower. I wouldn't care. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, where, wherever somebody, like, I was like, yo, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get it out there. Any kind of festival, anything that I was allowed to show up at, I, I would do to start, you know, to get it out there. And so when you start doing that, and you commit to working your product. And that's what's interesting. Out of those thousands of dreams in there, not a lot of them do that. So they welcome you to do that, right? So they see you doing that. So then, and my numbers are going up. So next thing you know, boom, come holiday season, yo, I get offered to have like total end caps. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how like you go in the store and at the end of the aisle, there's like, you know, the shelves, you know? Yeah, but that whole shelf with a big old highway sign on top and the whole shelf, all my product. You know what I'm saying? That was so dope. Just to see. I mean, I was taking my kids in there. I was like, yo, you need to see this. You know what I'm saying? My mom, she's taking pictures in front of it and stuff. I mean, like, that was just such a moment because, you know, this is just a little hobby. You know what I'm saying? And, like, my daughter, they used to get mad at me because, like, I'm sitting looking at my kitchen because I'm just remembering um, where I would be up there stirring a pot, making a mash, and then I forget something like, ah, I don't have any yeast or whatever the deal is. I got to run over here. I was like, hey, girls, I want you to set this timer and I want you to come down here and stir this for five minutes every 10 <laughs> minutes until I get back. And, you know, they would be like, mm, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but they would do it. And I was like, see that stuff that y'all were just stirring in the, in the kitchen reluctantly? You know, look, here it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, I mean, that, man. But again, so then you celebrate that moment. But if you stop all the stuff you did to get there, it's gone. Right. Like that. And so, and I and I got a rude awakening. The, the, when I had that meeting um, that I was just telling you about, I was going in there because I got called into the principal's office, basically. Um, I, I went hard on the fourth quarter doing a bunch of sampling and stuff like that. But in this transition period that I am with this new um, arrangement, you know, it's a lot of scaling up. We have to do like I built on an additional <clears throat> 8,000 square feet onto my uh, current facility, you know, getting bigger equipment, all the stuff in preparation to make enough product to go national. Um, so I got kind of lost in that. And I said, well, I went so hard on the fourth quarter here. Um, it's dry January. It's always the slowest month of the year as far as that. So I'm going I'm to ease the gas and let me let me do this a little bit. Right. Because I'm in this weird flux space. It's like a limbo as I'm 
you know, taking on this new investment and stuff. And so, um, which is new for me, I've never done investors ever since that too many chiefs thing um, that I experienced, I told you about before, we've always just been like, ah, we just figure it out, you know? But um, so one month, now mind you, I've been doing this stuff for years. Well, not years, like two years. But I've been I've been consistent in, in my stuff. I take the break off. I take the gas off one month. Boom. Hey, what's going on? Where where have you been? Like, uh, well, you know, nah. I mean, you know, it's January. I'm trying to get some stuff together. Got this new thing going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. You know, we <laughs> we've given you this. We've done that. You gotta. You gotta. And I'm just like, dang. One month. You cannot stop. That's what's interesting. It's like relationship. If you start off dating and you got date night every Friday and you're home by five every day, you can't stop that because that's that's what we expect of you. And then all of a sudden, when all of a sudden you miss that first Friday or two, it's like, or you come home at 10 instead of five. Hey, what? Hey, hey, what, what, what what's happening? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's, it's like it's it's crazy but so that was just a great lesson i mean like i was like oh okay and who was i you know to think that ah you know i could just chill on them it's cool you know i get back when i get back nah yeah you, you'll be you might might come back and not see nothing you know what i'm saying right. like like no you you can chill for sure and that's the back back to the whole entrepreneur thing we were talking about before. You don't have to clock in, man. You can, you can stay at the crib all day. It's cool. I'm not even gonna pay for that crib, but right. you can sit <laughs> as long as you want. You know what I mean? So I just found that really interesting. Like, dang, you cannot, you just can't take your foot off the gas, really, you know? So that was a really interesting lesson right there. I'd love to hear a little bit about your operations because obviously, you know, you're not, you can't be both distilling and out marketing and you obviously can't market a hundred percent by yourself. Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit about like the highway vodka structure. You've taken on new partners, but you know, like, you know, what are your operations looking like these days? So basically in the very, very beginning, it was exactly that, you know what I'm saying? Um, make it, you know, make up a bunch of it, like just stay in the lab basically and, and make a make up an inventory and then go. And then when you have time, come back, make it. And then my partner too. So we're both doing both, you know, like he'd be running the batch and then I'll be running the batch, you know, and then like, or he'd come behind me and do this and then, you know, whatever, right. With, along with our day jobs too, at the time, you know, and uh, so we're doing all that, but now um, it's it's more like, so his daughter took interest in it, which is great, um, Cody. So she's like actually been doing the running the still. So she's become like our lead distiller um, over the past year. Uh, just about is it almost? Has, yeah, it's been has it been a year? Just about. Yeah, and um, so Cody's been running the still, doing a great job. So she's actually like the youngest. Um, african-american uh woman probably that's a lead distiller in the country to be honest that actually makes stuff you know what i mean like yeah so like so that so basically cody is in there doing that um day to day you know what i mean and then um then you know 
you know, we have different people that we brought on, like um, in the contract kind of basis, you know, you have PR people, you have um, people to help, uh, you know, what do you call it? Like, you know, just that run um, programs and stuff like that and help you develop that and help you liaison with your distributors and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to get a little nice team together. And then, um, but, but it's still very small, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, it ain't, you know, whatever yet, but now with this new partnership that I'm just so excited, I can't really talk a lot about it just yet, but like, um, you know, it's one of those moments where like, and anybody that's watching this as an entrepreneur knows this moment, it's like, you know, you're doing your thing and then you're just like, man, if I only had this or if I had that, I could do this. You know what I mean? And now with this new partnership, it's kind of like I had all those excuses. <laughs> that, that, that's basically what I call them are gone. Like I have access to all the tools I ever said. If I only had, we could, you know what I mean? That's scary is, you know what? Right. Cause now now all that's been taken away. Now let's really see what you what you're gonna do. You know what I'm saying? Like, like okay, okay, fine. So you need this. Okay, here you go. You need that. Okay, now what's up? What you gonna do? You know what I mean? And then that's kind of daunting a little bit. It's like, oh, okay, but it's exciting too because finally, you know, because I stepped into these waters, I had no idea how deep it is. You know what I'm saying? Like this this game, and you know. Like, like I think I told you before, um, you know, Fawn Weaver is like the only quasi mentor that I've had, you know what I'm saying, in the space as somebody to go to and talk to about just what to do. And um, yeah, man, it's just, it's, I, I had no idea, but like now I, I'm, I'm equipped and I know that my product is dope. And so like, I know it's on, but I have to execute, you know, we have to execute. And so, but it's still great. It's a good problem, right? Like, let's do it. So, right. yeah. Yeah, it's dope. That's awesome. I should say Fawn Weaver is of Uncle Nearest, uh, which, you know, most people know what Uncle Nearest is um, and love it. Now, I know we originally talked about y'all branching out into a whiskey um, as well. Um, are you still planning to branch out into whiskey? You know, what else is next for Highway? So really the focus right now is, um, you know, just being able to make enough product to place it nationally. You know what I mean? Like that. So, but what's ill is, and I don't think it was ready when I met you that time, but like, um, the, uh, the whiskey that we were preparing, um, matured, you know, to where we wanted it to be or whatever. So we pulled some, I gave it out as like Christmas gifts, which was dope. And like, people really loved it, you know? And so I talked to, you know, some folks and um, we were actually, the, the challenge is because we really like to make all our stuff, you know, is making enough because whiskey is a whole nother, I mean, it's expensive, the process, right? Like, you know, those barrels are like anywhere from five to $800 each. You got to have a ton of them, you know, they're only 53 gallons. And then you got to let that joint sit for like a year and a half, two years, you know what I mean? So like, but but what we have, um, we have enough. We were thinking about doing like a very limited exclusive um, run uh, of it just to see, uh, <clears throat> you know, just just to like just because it is it is a really good product. And I, I, I stand. I believe in it. I love it. I love the way it tastes. And not just me, but, I you know, I go to the 
people that would love to tell you that it tastes like crap <laughs> just to see, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you got to yeah. go there. And so, so they could just be like, nah, you know, nah. Or they could, if they'd be like, yo, for real, it's dope, you know? And so like that, yeah. So that's, that's, that's that part. Um, I want to do it, you know, but it'll be very limited because I got to do it authentically and they has, I don't want to, you know, source any part of it. I, I want to make my own. And, and like I said, so, and I've talked to, some of the chains that they would be interested in doing like an exclusive thing, you know, locally, you know, stuff like that. So that that's probably that, but right now, yo, it's, it's highway, man. Like we about to like, you know, it's all about just going and trying to get on all the shelves, you know, first, and then we'll get back around to that. (laughs) Now you'll love to hear this. I actually was talking to um, a restaurant owner in DC um, who is like, pl- who already knew about the vodka is planning to, you know, is, is planning to mix drinks with it and everything when, when he can, you know, get it up here. So I think, you know, the word is definitely out. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about, about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. I was just like, yeah, have you heard of highway? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, cause he was, he only pours black owned spirits. Um, Man. and so I was listing the ones I knew about and he definitely already knew about y'all. So uh, wow. The word is out there. And I think Reserve Bar helps. Uh, I, yeah. I keep plugging that. You can get it nationally on Reserve Bar. Um, yeah. Now, just one more thing about distribution. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned already that, you know, hemp does not have THC. Uh, you know, marijuana does have THC. And that's the biggest difference. Um, so the question is, do you get high drinking highway vodka? No. No, because it does not have THC, which no. I think we have to keep reiterating for folks because yeah. people really don't understand the difference. I know, man. And honestly, sometimes, but you know what? It's funny. So I get get invited a lot to speak at these, um, you know, conferences, cannabis conferences and hemp conferences and all this kind of stuff. Doing one in Denver, or is it Denver? Well, it's Colorado somewhere. Yeah, it got to be Denver. Um, Later this month, as a matter of fact. But um, it's like, I mean, I get it. You know, I'm not I'm not blind to the fact that, you know, even with our packaging, it is there to kind of give that mystique of what, you know, what's up. Like, I'll never forget back in the day. And I think we're getting short on time, so I won't go into that story. But but like, yeah, that's the biggest question I always get is, you know, will I pass my drug test? Of course. You know, we're standing in total line. I, I can't I can't sell you in, in Texas, for instance. I can't sell you weed. You know, I mean, I'm not, and it's not like I'm out in the parking lot, out the trunk, you know, then I can see you questioning me. Nah, it's right there. It's on the shelf, bro. You know what I mean? So like, but yeah, um, no. So no, to answer your question, no. And further than that, there's no CBD, you know, um, that's illegal. You can't package, you can't create in the spirits side of things. You can't package spirits with CBD. That's why highways and fluorescent glass too to kill any trace. Remember, I mean, a uh, clear glass so that fluorescent lighting makes sure that all you know any remnant CBD stuff is gone. But there, there is none in there. <clears throat> but um, yeah. So it's not about CBD. It's not about getting high. It's about what the what the plant does for the process of the spirit that we like to make. That's it. And, you know, and the flavors that it that it allows to come through and and the viscosity in the body and knocking off that burn and then helping us with um, creating a spirit that when you only collect the hearts and stuff like that, you could actually overdo it a little bit, you know, and won't feel as bad in the morning. You know, that kind of thing is has nothing to do with getting high or 
or, or none of that stuff, you know, but I get it, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, it's by design, you know, and that's cool. It, 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 right. it's, but it's that differentiating factor that we, you know, at least it gets you talking, right? Right, right, right. But I think, you know, it kind of works both ways where some folks are looking for the alcohol that also gets them high. And some people are concerned about passing the drug test. Um, now, one thing we did talk about earlier, though, was um, I believe you mentioned our, in our last conversation uh, about how you weren't a fan of, you know, some of the alcohols that have uh, the marijuana infused um, in part because of of the effect of it and, and, and like the flavoring and things like that. So if you just explain, um, you know, kind of the distinction between highway and, the, and, and some of these other marijuana infused alcohols and like so the flavoring one, and the feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically that was not, um, first of all, the, the products that I was mentioning at that time, um, they weren't commercially, they weren't commercial. Those are just people's, you know, crib projects kind of things. I didn't like it because I didn't like, it, it was like a bipolar buzz. I mean, you know, you're, you don't know if you want to chill or fight or, you know, it was just too much going on, you know, when you yeah. just, blend it like that for me, you know, so I'm not really a fan personally, just because of what I find is some, the only other products that there might be some good ones out there. I'm sure there are, but just the ones that I've tasted, um, like the beers and the, the stuff like that, that do have stuff in it. One thing I see is that people it's like, they want you to know so much that there is this in it, that they steer, it steers the flavor profile in that way. So they're very intent on, you know, being very forward with terpenes and stuff like that, 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 that give you the scent. Like when you're drinking it, like it smells like, you know, some bomb and then, and then, but it also tastes like some bomb, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like blend it up or something. And so for me, I just don't like it. You know what I'm saying? You know, whatever. I just don't like to, I don't have no problem with one or the other. I don't like blending the two, you know? So that's just me. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I, and maybe I just haven't tasted the right one, you know, or whatever. And I'm sure there's some cool stuff out there. I got to keep saying that cause I'm not trying to diss, but mm -hmm. like, I just, um, yeah, it's just, you know, nah, but, but as far as highway goes, it's not, it has nothing to do with any of that. It's all about what that plant does for the process of making our product that I explained earlier, you know? And I'll say highway vodka just tastes like vodka without you know, the burn and without, you know, I think the reason why so many of us kind of switch over to different kinds of liquors as we get older is you kind of get tired of just tasting alcohol and, and having your throat burn and, right. you know, all the stuff you don't care about when you're 21 and we'll drink Everclear. Uh, <laughs> and like, I feel like Highway is a vodka for adults. Uh, it's yeah. a vodka that, you know, you can mix your cocktail. You're not going to have a hangover. It doesn't taste like lighter fluid or feel like lighter fluid. Uh, you know, it's not about taking the shots and, and being 21. It's, you know, it's like, it's the vodka for adults. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And you can actually sip it. I mean, that's what's cool about it. Like, like I said, it was geared towards the palate of people that were testing me and they wanted to test it neat and stuff like that. So it's geared to pass that test. And not a lot of vodkas can pass that kind of test, you know? where it has its own character and stuff like that. And it's cool. You could actually sit there and sip it. Like I've seen people like sip it, like, you know, how like you know, they'll take their whiskey neat. I've seen people I've rolled up into spots and they just have it sitting there like, you know, a little rocks glass, just like that, you know, just chilling. One lady I'll never forget. She told me it drinks like a wine. I was like, dang, that's pretty dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, 
Yeah. So it, it is very much that. And I'm very, 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 as you could probably tell, proud of it. Cause I mean, I, I just, I know that I'll put it up against anything, you know, like, let's go. That's how I got here is taste testing. So I, yeah. What put who let's see, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. I'm with it. You know, because yeah. I, I, I know, I know what's up. All right. So we've only got a few more minutes. And what I would like to end with is, do you have advice for other entrepreneurs? If you could go back in time and give yourself advice, you know, when you first started, you know, just venturing out to all your businesses, like, what would you say to yourself? Ooh, that's a toughie. I would say, man, that's a good one. I, I would, I would probably say, I don't know. What would I say? I would, I don't know. Like, I, you know, well, the, the advice that I would just get, I don't know what I would say to myself other than probably just go a little harder than you did. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, but like, um, the one thing I would just say to entrepreneurs in general, I was just having this conversation yesterday with, with, with these young ladies, um, that had this great idea. And I was like, man, if you love it and, and, and it's the kind of idea that wakes you up, cause that's how it works for me. It's like, these things start in my head and they just won't go away. And I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, like, you know, like it's here. And then, um, and if you have that kind of passion about it, Man, I say go for it. You know what I'm saying? If but if it's not that, and he's just like, ah, I'm gonna flip some money like this. Nah, you know, just 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 go to the stock market or buy a house and lease it out or something. <laughs> you know, don't 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 you dare. You know, come into any other kind of space. You know, without the passion behind it, because without that, you're done before you even started. Because it's hard. And it takes a lot of time. And I've learned a lot of expensive lessons along the way, because that's the only way you learn them is by trial by fire, especially in this industry, particularly. My God. So, I mean, like, if it weren't for the passion there, there, there have been so many times where it is like, you know, this, forget this. You know what I mean? Like, this is just too hard. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, you know, where it could have been that, but you just be like, oh, I'm going to figure that out. You know, and then you get to the next one, you're like, ah, man, you know what? I'm done. Well, let me just see what's up. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So it, without that passion and, 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 and really belief, oh, man, you get knocked out in a minute. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't have that, you know, and that, that, but, but what I would just tell myself, my, my younger self is, man, I just wish that I would have, ah, I can't say that, though, because like then you're talking about, you know, taking away time from your family and your kids, you know. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I didn't have a good answer for that. I had to think. Oh, on no, that's that. fine. That's fine. I like the idea of being passionate and make sure you go hard enough. That's great. Yeah. All right. So I just want to thank Ben today and thank you all for tuning in to Getting Common. Um, this has been great. This is exactly what I was hoping for with our entrepreneurship series. So thank you for being my first guest on it. Um, if hey. you ever miss an episode, you can catch three broadcasts anywhere podcasts are streamed or on the Voice American Network and on our YouTube channel. Feel free to reach out to us on the show page, or you can reach me on social media on all platforms. I am at Carla C. Thank you for listening. And thank you again, Ben. Thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for tuning in to Getting Common with Professor Carlos Chapman. Please join us again next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thoughtful discussion.